If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Bonus Break. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg. Today, we'll be talking about recruiting and specifically about waiting for the right candidate for a position instead of hiring the wrong person. The Bonus Break is a short episode you can listen to while taking a coffee break and get the added bonus of making you and your nonprofit more successful. Produced as a companion to our longer Successful Nonprofits podcast, the Bonus Break covers all of the topics you care most about, professional development, fundraising, governance, board relations, marketing, and more. So imagine your team has an open position and you are responsible for filling that position with the right candidate. You advertise on Idealist, Philanthropy.com, or one of the other nonprofit job sites, and you receive a flood of resumes. Of course, about half of the applicants aren't qualified for the position and are easy to remove from consideration. I'm also always surprised when people seem to apply for every job posting on that job board, and I have actually seen candidates apply for both an entry-level position and a senior-level position within the same organization at the same time. If you have done hiring in a medium-sized or large organization, you have probably seen that as well. Now, those are also easy people to remove from consideration because they simply aren't strategic in their job search. And guess what? People present their best foot forward in their job search mode. So if they aren't strategic in their job search, they're not going to be strategic as a team member either. Now, once you've eliminated that first 50 or 60% of folks that probably aren't qualified, you can just tell by the resume, not going to get the job. Then you go through the tough work of sorting through resumes and selecting maybe six to eight people to interview. Occasionally, I'd guess maybe 20% of the time or so, none of those candidates will actually impress you. They all seem okay, but none of them seem like a perfect fit for the position or the organization. And at this point, you face a dilemma and you face a question. Do you hire the best candidate? 
who is not a perfect fit? Or do you leave the position open? And let me share with you that I have faced this question many times as a supervisor. In fact, I've been in this position so many times and can probably attribute my biggest failures and my greatest successes as a manager to my decision at this point. And when it comes to making this decision, let me tell you, there's a lot of pressure to settle for the candidate that seems sufficient and okay, but isn't really a good fit. And let's talk about a few of those pressure points, and they all involve pain. So the first is pain because you and other team members have to work harder and longer until the position is filled. So your team is looking at you and being like, come on, Dolph, let's go ahead and just fill it. Let's get anybody there. And sometimes you will even hear team members say to you, somebody in this position is better than nobody. And unfortunately, that's not correct. You also feel pain because the organization may have a difficult time fulfilling its goals while the position is unfilled. So everybody is working harder and you're falling just short of goals. And so at that point, your boss, another point of pain, your boss or the board is breathing down your neck. Why isn't this position already filled? Why should it take more than three months to fill a case manager position or a program manager position? And you'll get these questions. They're legitimate questions and you need to be able to answer them. You need to be able to explain, essentially, the reasons that you've not been able to find the right candidate yet, but also the importance of waiting for the right candidate. And then the last pressure point that you're really going to feel as you make this decision, do we settle for a sufficient candidate that's okay, is someone within the organization has applied for the position, but they're not a good fit. But as long as the position is open, especially if you're having trouble filling it, you feel a lot of pressure to give that person within the organization a shot at the job. And once again, if you don't have the right candidate, don't fill the position. So it's human nature. We all want to take action that makes our pain go away. We have a headache. We go get an aspirin to make our pain go away. We, you know, sit down on a tack. We immediately stand back up because we don't want the tack sticking in our, into our derriere. So the easy solution is to hire the candidate that is sufficient but not a good fit. Now, this is also only the easy solution for the short term. Because after the candidate actually starts, you are going to experience even more pain in the future. And let me share with you some ways that you will undoubtedly experience more pain. So if the sufficient candidate, you know, the person who is okay but not great, does not have all of the skills necessary to do the job and is not able to quickly learn them, they will not function at full capacity and the team will still have to work harder to compensate. But now they're compensating for an underperforming team member as opposed to an empty chair. Also, if the sufficient candidate isn't a good fit for the culture of your team, you will now have to navigate the drama within and around your team as everybody adjusts to this one person who's maybe not a great fit culturally for your team. And let me share with you, that is never a fun place to be when you're having to navigate the drama. And the last pain point that you will feel that becomes long-term pain is that a sufficient candidate, you know, again, the person who is okay, and eh, maybe they can do the job and, you know, they're better than nobody, that candidate is unlikely to stay a long time because they aren't a good fit. You know, most people want to feel successful at work. 
Most people want to feel like they're a good fit on their team. And if they don't feel that way, they are very likely to leave in just six to 18 months. So since hiring is both expensive and painful, essentially when you settle for the candidate that eh, is kind of okay, then really what you're doing is you're putting off the pain of having to hire the right candidate. Now, I have learned the hard way that it is better to leave a position unfilled and continue looking for the right candidate. And the reason I say that I have learned that the hard way is sometimes I filled the position with a candidate that was okay, and every single time I have regretted it. So what I have found, though, is that when I refuse to settle, when I say I have to find the right candidate for this position, I often need to double my recruitment efforts to find good candidates for the position when I reopen the posting a second time. And so this might include waiting a month and then reposting the position. And the reason is the people who are looking for work in February are probably a different set than the people who are looking for work in April. So if I wait a month or two, I'm going to get a different set of candidates. I will also call about 10 people who I have met at some point in my career and I believe would be perfect for the job. And I actually don't call them to offer them the job. What I do is I call them to ask for recommendations. I describe the position and I ask them who they might know who would be really good at doing the job that we have open. Now, this is also a subtle way to ask if they're interested. Now, again, if they do decide they're interested, I don't fast track them. I put them in the exact same process that all other candidates go through. Again, I've learned all my lessons the hard way. Once upon a time, I fast tracked a couple people thinking, well, you know, I already know them. I already like them. We're going to we're just going to move this process along faster since, you know, we did not fill it the first time. And uh, again, I regretted doing that. A second set of calls that you can make is you can call your counterparts at other organizations and ask them for recommendations. Now, your counterpart is very unlikely to say, hey, I'm interested in taking a step down and being on your team, but they probably do know people who were on their team who were strong performers, and they can recommend those people to you. And then just keep repeating these steps. So wait a couple months, repost, and do, re, you know, do some outreach to people who you think will be great for the position as well as your counterparts. And repeat, repeat, repeat those steps until your stellar candidate is found. Now, I've already said there's some short-term pain when a position is open, but I also want to share with you some ways to decrease that short-term pain, although they do require some long-term planning. So if you're currently feeling that pain, some of these steps may not work out for you. But the first thing is, especially if this is a high-level position like a CFO, a development director, or an executive director, consider hiring a consultant with decades of experience to serve as an interim. It's an expensive option, but they will get the job done while you are looking for that perfect candidate. They will also allow you to hold out for the perfect candidate. I once did an interim where literally they reopened the position three times until they found the perfect candidate. And they were able to do that because I was sitting in the seat as essentially an interim executive. Now, if it's a mid-level position, and again, this is one that requires more planning up front. So if you're currently feeling the, play, the pain of a mid-level position vacancy, this is probably not going to fix it. But if it's a mid-level position, consider having a lead within every department. 
As an example, a social service team might have a program manager, a lead case manager, and six other case managers. The lead case manager would receive training to serve as the program manager when that manager goes on vacation, when they're at a multi-day retreat, that kind of thing. Now, that also means that the lead case manager can step in should the program manager decide to leave the organization. Now, don't be surprised, though, that your lead case manager is going to apply for the position as well. And if you decide that they're not the right fit for that position, you may end up losing them if they don't get the promotion. So just something to think about. There are some possible drawbacks to using a lead position as a way to stop gap a vacancy. Now, for entry-level positions, I want you to consider having a PRN position if you've got, honestly, even if you've just got like 10 entry-level positions or more. PRN, of course, is Latin, pro re nata, and it literally means for a thing born. In this case, your vacancy, which is born. And the term is often used in healthcare settings to describe a position that floats from point to point as the situation demands. And so, for example, you know, um, a, in a social work setting, a PRN in a hospital might do discharge planning one day, and then the next day um, an intake worker is sick, and they're doing intake work. And this also then means that your PRN has to be cross-trained across all areas of all of those entry-level positions. Now, PRNs are typically hourly employees, and they do not have a guaranteed number of hours each week. So if a case manager goes on vacation, the PRN can fill in. And guess what? The PRN would be full-time that week. If a caseworker resigns, the PRN fills the position while the organization is looking for a permanent. And again, during that period, the PRN might be full-time. But let's say a case manager gets the flu on a Wednesday and they're out for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week and Monday, Tuesday next week. The PRN might come in and fill that that very short-term sick leave vacancy. But then the PRN's probably not going to be full-time that week. So as you probably picked up, this means sometimes the PRN works full-time, while other weeks they may only work a few hours or none at all. Your ideal candidates for PRN are often stay-at-home parents, retired professionals, and new college grads. And all three of those types of folks are often eager to take these very flexible positions. PRN is also a great way to try out a prospective early career professional to see if they're a good fit for your organization. So just as you may have a lead case manager who might be able to step up and become a program manager, you may have a PRN who is able to step up and become a case manager. Now, for smaller organizations that do not have enough staff to justify PRNs and lead case managers, consider adjusting your goals for the next six months. This will allow you to hire the best person and fully train them before there's an expectation of being on track to meet goals. Now, when I say adjust goals, I don't mean, hey, you know, you're no longer accountable for goals. I don't mean you no longer have any goals. What I mean is, as an example, you know, if you've just lost one-sixth of your team, maybe adjust your goals by 15 or 20%. And so, you know, if you'd plan to serve 100 people, maybe you're only going to look at serving 80 people over the next six months. So as you can clearly see, leaving a position vacant can be a tough call, and you will feel pressure to fill that position quickly. Let me repeat that. You will feel pressure to fill that position quickly. 
but it is always better to say, we can't take the next step in this initiative, this program, or this organization until we fill the position responsible for making this initiative happen. As an aside, I also think this philosophy that an empty seat is better than a bad hire applies to the board of directors. We're not going to go in depth on that, but it is better to not just fill a vacant seat on your board than to fill it with someone who's not going to be a high-performing board member. This bonus break and the Successful Nonprofits podcast is produced by the Goldenberg Group as part of our mission to provide board development, strategic planning, and interim leadership to help nonprofits thrive in a competitive environment. Be sure to visit our podcast website at SuccessfulNonprofits.com or find me, Dolph Goldenberg, at SuccessfulNonprofits.com, GoldenbergGroup.com, on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thanks for joining us for this bonus break. I hope you gained insight to help your nonprofit succeed in a competitive environment. I am not an accountant or attorney, and neither I nor the Goldberg Group provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. This material has been provided for informational purposes only, is not intended to provide, and should not be relied on for tax, legal, or accounting advice. Always consult a qualified, licensed professional about such matters.